Hi, word nerds. How are you? Woo, woo, woo. Uh, I forgot to mention in the previous episode, I'm wearing my new, gotta, gotta see it, Mojo Dojo Casa House of a Thousand Corpses t-shirt. It's uh, got Ryan Gosling's face. It's a spoof style of a House of a Thousand Corpses. It's a great, great mashup between that movie and Barbie. Yay. Uh, okay, let's uh, itch my nose and get right into it. The first word in this episode is uh, endogamy. Uh, and uh, I'm just noticing that the words, uh, you know, at the top of the page, says what words are on this page, the first word and the last word. It says the first word is endogamous, which is just another form of endogamy. I guess technically it comes before endogamy uh, alphabetically, but it doesn't have its own entry. It's just another form of endogamy. So why not put endogamy there? I will never understand. Okay, endogamy. E-N-D-O-G-A-M-Y Endogamy or endogamy Noun from 1865 This is marriage within a specific group as required by custom or law and endogamous is an adjective I'm gonna itch my nose again Is it the hairs on my face poking on my nose? I don't nose uh, so marriage is then a specific group, so uh, depending on your, your community, your religion, the law in your area, whatever it is, uh, it's saying you have to marry somebody in this same group, um, and that is endogamy. Um, I do kind of remember G-A-M-Y coming up as a suffix uh, for other sort of marriage-related things. Um, and so, uh, you know, this is, uh, this is a very common thing. You know, in, in India especially, uh, there's, um, I'm blanking on the, the phrase, planned marriages, uh, uh, you, you know what I'm talking about. Um, I'm thinking of, I think, Jewish religion culture also. Um, it, for people who are more orthodox, this is also probably a pretty common thing. And also, even if it's not sort of required by customer law, I think that a lot of groups of people probably want to marry somebody in their own group. I personally feel like, hey, let's see what else is out there. But, you know, people kind of get really used to, like, what their group, their uh, people who have the same beliefs and ideologies as they do, and they don't want to step out of that realm. Um, and I think that sort of says something about what those things are, what those groups are. And uh, I, I feel like we just gotta, we gotta mix, we gotta mix up everybody. We gotta, you gotta see what's out there, you know. If you, th that doesn't mean that everybody needs to be mixing up, but, you know, you gotta see what else is out there. You gotta see, you know, what other types of people, what other types of beliefs are out there. And I don't know. But again, if you don't want to, don't want to. Just don't be hurting anybody. Mentally, emotionally, and physically. That's, that's the big thing. Just don't do that. Endogamy. Yeah, I don't know if I ever heard about this. Uh, there is no specific etymology, but of course, um, it's uh, the endo prefix means that it's all about inside your your group. In in your group, your your custom, your law, your religion, those those things. Uh, okay, the sound effect is going to be. It's it's getting hard to come up with new sound effects, so I'm, I have to get creative. 
Uh, the next word is endogenic. E-N-D-O-G-E-N-I-C. Endogenic. Adjective from circa 1904. One of or relating to metamorphism taking place within a planet or moon. Whoa. Uh, real quick, let's read number two, which is just the synonym endogenous. Uh, yep, which is our next word. So this is the metamorphism, I also, you could also probably say metamorphosis, uh, that takes place on a planet or a moon. So I don't know if we know of any of this actually taking place from Earth, you know, Earth sending something from Earth to another planet or a moon, because I don't think we've been really sent out any biological things. Uh, but, you know, obviously, I think that, you know, we it's pretty well understood or, or believed that somewhere out there, uh, in some planet or moon out in the universe, there is life. There just sort of has to be based on the numbers. And so that, uh, the, the metamorphism, uh, the, the evolution of that biological thing on that planet or moon would be uh, endogenous or endogenic um, because it uh, it's evolving just on that one specific place. Uh, well, let's read the next word. Endogenous. Adjective from 1830. One, growing or produced by growth. Growing or produced by growth from deep tissue, as in endogenous plant roots. Uh, and so, growing or produced by growth from deep tissue. So, yeah, these plant roots, they're coming from deep down in the ground, for one, inside the land, um, and uh, produced by growth. Yeah, it's just, it's just, they come from that. I don't know, I'm trying to think of another way to sort of say that. Um, are there things, like, are there plants that would not be endogenous? Uh, don't they all or most of them come from uh, plant roots? I mean, I guess there are some that probably grow just in different ways. They don't necessarily, uh, they don't not necessarily growing from the ground or have these like same types of roots and, as most of them do. I don't know my plants. Quit, quit bugging me. Uh, so that's one example of the word endogenous. 2a. Caused by factors inside the organism or system, as in, suffered from endogenous depression. Um, okay, there's another example, but let's talk about that one for a second. Suffered from endogenous depression. That would be depression that uh, is from the inside of you. Uh, maybe inside of your brain, your mind, your soul, your whatever. Something maybe that's physically bothering you could cause some depression. More than likely, it's some sort of mental thing that maybe therapy could help with dealing with trauma, dealing with the realities of life. We all have some level of depression, I think, because of that. Um, and so, okay, endogenous depression is just from, you know, it's deep-rooted inside you. Uh, the other example is endogenous business cycles. It's business cycles. So caused by factors inside... Uh, so I guess endogenous business cycles would be caused from things inside of the business organism, whatever cycles those are. I don't know. I don't know business. To be produced or synthesized within the organism or system, as in an endogenous hormone. Um, so produced 
or so this endogenous hormone is produced from within the body itself, the, the thyroid, the, the pituitary gland. Uh, those are creating hormones from within the body. I mean, what, are, there, are there hormones? Just like the plant example, are there hormones that are not endogenous? Um, I would think that most or all of them are. I don't, I don't know my hormones either. Maybe there's some exogenous uh, hormones. But where, how are you getting those hormones? How are you getting those? I don't know. Endogenously is an adverb. Um, there's no etymology. I mean, we know the prefix means in, from inside of a thing. That's pretty clear. But, uh, oh, genus, genic or genus, uh, that just means sort of, um, it's, it's like the beginning of a thing, the creation of it, its, its start, its genesis. Um, and so that's why all these are about the creation of a thing from inside of the thing. Yeah! This, uh, this podcast uh, was, it's, it's endogenous because it came from the inside of my old noggin. And then uh, I'm, I'm taking it out into the world for you. Next is endolithic. E-N-D-O-L-I-T-H-I-C. Endolithic. Adjective from 1886. Living within or penetrating deeply into stony substances as rocks or coral. And the example is endolithic lichens. And yeah, those are the things that are often living maybe on uh, sticks or stones. They might break my bones. Uh, so living within or penetrating deeply into stony substances. Uh, so yeah, these lichens, they're, they get on the inside. That's what this, they usually, I've seen them living on the outside of things, but, uh, but they can go inside as well. And those would be called endolithic. They would be described as endolithic. There is no etymology. It's not telling me what the lith or lithic part of this word means. That might be its own uh, uh, entry or maybe a suffix, possibly. Um, but uh, yeah, specifically about rocks or, or stony substances. Coral, I guess, is stony. Rocks are clearly stony. And so lichens that get on, in on the inside of those things are endolithic. There's, uh, I'm trying to think of other lith related things that are stony. Isn't there like the lithosphere, maybe? Lithography probably isn't related to rocks and stones. I don't know. Next, endolymph. E-N-D-O-L-Y-M-P-H. Endolymph. Noun from circa 1839. The watery fluid in the membranous labyrinth of the ear. I've never heard the inside of my ear described as a membranous labyrinth. Oh, that is such a good two-word phrase. Where can we use that phrase? Uh, well, that would be like a good song name or a band name or a movie name or just a human name or a, or a pet name. T can you imagine taking your cat to the vet? What's your cat's name? Membranous labyrinth. <laughs> okay. The me so the watery fluid inside of the, your ear, the labyrinth of tubes and things inside of that ear hole you got there, that is the, uh, the endolymph. Endolymphatic is an adjective. I did not know about this. I mean, I think I knew that there was fluid 
in your ear, but I don't know if I've ever heard it was called endolymph. Lymph makes me think of lymph nodes, a lymph, that sort of thing. So maybe it's related to that somehow. I'm not sure. But, uh, yeah, cool. Cool stuff, man. Next is endometriosis. Noun from 1925. The presence and growth of functioning endometrial tissue in places other than the uterus that often results in severe pain and infertility. And yeah, that does not sound good. Uh, let's see. This, so this is functioning endometrial tissue. So if you've got, I think, well, we're going to talk about and a couple more related words, but I think this is what this is saying is that uh, if there is... Um, there's functioning endometrial tissue, which is might be tissue that can produce uh, an embryo, and if it's somewhere other than where it's supposed to be, which is the uterus, um, then you've got endometriosis. I think usually things that end in like osis or something like that is not probably a good thing. And so it's uh, kind of like inflammation of this area, but that's actually our next word. So let's go talk about that one. Endo, endometritis. Now, wait, this is not what I thought it was. I thought it said endometritis or something. Endometritis is a noun from 1872, so quite a few years before endometriosis. This is, yes, an inflammation of the endometrium. Um, I would think that that would be related to endometriosis uh, because, you know, there's something, something in the wrong place and that's going to cause some problems. And that, yeah, it's all about in the uterus area. Because our next word, it is endometrium. And so uh, the endometriosis is the, the presence or the growth of the functioning endometrial tissue. That would be the adjective. The tissue is described as endometrial. And it probably comes from the endometrium. Noun. From circa 1882, this is the mucous membrane lining the uterus. So inside the uterus, there's this, there's this stuff that is going to be used to help grow this baby, this fetus, embryo, baby, little baby. Um, and, uh, and it's called endometrium. The plural is endometria. I guess if you've got all of it maybe would be the endometria. Endometrial, that is an adjective. That's the, so that's the, the tissue that would be described as endometrial. And uh, the etymology says this is from the end prefix plus the Greek word metra or mitra, which means uterus, which is from, I don't remember if we talked about this before, um, or if you knew this, I didn't know it. It's from the word uh, metra or meter, which means mother. Um, and there's more of the word mother. Well, that's kind of nice. They got they got the mothers in there. Um, so the yeah, it's the hmm, interesting. So it's like well, clearly, clearly uh, we call people who have babies mothers. Um, I wonder if that word is going to change over the years as 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 the gender world. How, because it's so fluid and how it's been adjusting and evolving, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see changes to those words, mother, father, things like that. There could already be changes. I'm not. I'm just not aware of them. 
So, but, so that's the very uh, more clear, uh, obvious uh, connection etymologically, but this is, what it's saying also is that this is the mother on the inside. So like this tissue is sort of acting as the mother, it's holding uh, the baby in, in the, this place, it's protecting it, it's providing sustenance to it, all these things. So it's like, kind of like a metaphorical mother in there, this tissue, this endometrium tissue, is, uh, it's the mother on the inside, and the end, endo, is that inside prefix. Huh, interesting word. Okay, um, anything else to say about that? I don't know. Uh, let's see. Endometrium, endometritis, endometriosis. I guess if, if that tissue gets put in another spot other than the uterus, but maybe there's a fertilized egg in it, and it starts to grow, maybe that's the endometriosis. That's when you got some problems, because you don't want to grow a baby in a part that's not the uterus. The uterus is made for that. The other parts are not made for that. Don't go, don't grow a baby over there. Grow a baby over there. Okay. Next is endomitosis. A uh, noun from 1842. My toes are on the inside of my feet, so I got the endomitosis. That's a terrible joke. This endomitosis, endomitosis, is the division of chromosomes not followed by nuclear division that results in an increased number of chromosomes in the cell. Uh, an endomitotic, that is an adjective. So, okay, I'm trying to figure this out. There's, yeah, I remember there's mitosis and meiosis, and I think one of them, mitosis, must be about the dividing of cells. So this is the division of chromosomes not followed by nuclear division that results in an increased number of So I think what this is saying is that when the cell divides, it's also supposed to divide the chromosomes, and so they each, each of the, 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 the duplicates, the splits, that's not a way to describe, uh, each version um, has the same chromosomes, just, you know, uh, cr uh, clones of each other, basically. But I guess if there's a problem with that split of chromosomes, then there's more, more versions of them. Division of chromosomes not followed. I guess there's, yes, there's nuclear division that's supposed to happen next, and I guess if that doesn't happen, oh, maybe, maybe, maybe what this means is, um, I, I, nuclear division sort of confused me. So I think what this is saying is that the cell maybe divides its chromosomes, getting ready to split the whole cell, but then the cell doesn't split. That might be the nuclear thing. That's all about the cell splitting, maybe. And if that doesn't happen, then it's got multiple versions of these chromosomes in the one cell, and it's like, I, I don't know what to do with all these chromosomes. What am I supposed to do? It's like I got 101 Dalmatians, but I've got, I got too many chromosomes. Too many chromosomes. So that's endomitosis, because I guess it's uh, mitosis of the chromosomes. They've split, and uh, it's on the inside of the cell. Yeah. Next is endomixis. E-N-D-O-M-I-X-I-S. Endomixis. Noun from 1914. A periodic nuclear reorganization of inciliated protozoans. Okay, what are we saying here? It's a nuclear reorganization 
ciliated protozoans. Okay, so there's these protozoans, and they are ciliated, and I think that means they have cilia, maybe little hairs, that help them move around. And there is a nuclear reorganization inside of those uh, creatures. Um, and what, what is that? A reorganization of its cells? Maybe it's like, maybe what's when the cells divide and the old ones go away and the new ones are here to stay. Um, and then it, it's a, it happens periodically. Every cycle, maybe. I don't know how often. And so that's endomixis because maybe things are getting mixed up uh, on the inside. So what's the etymology? This is, yeah, it's from the end prefix plus the Greek word mixis, which means act of mixing. Um, it's also from mignini, which means to mix, and there's more at the word mix. So uh, I guess these ciliated protozoans, they gotta have their stuff mixed up sometimes on a regular basis. And that's endomixis. I think I need some things mixed up sometimes. Next is, oh boy, I didn't hit record on the audio recorder, so that's going to sound weird for a while. It's not recording, maybe because there's no SD card in it. Oh boy, Spencer, you really screwed this one up. It's just sitting there right in the thing. You know what? Now it's recording. I don't feel like recording all that over again. So you're going to deal with crappy audio, and now you got good audio. Boom. Okay, we got to move on. We did endomixis. And see, this is why you check periodically to see if you're recording. I have two places to check. You got you to gotta check. We got next endomorph. This is a noun from 1940. This is an endomorphic individual is an endomorph. And what is endomorphic? Endomorphic is an adjective from 1940. One, of or relating to the component in W.H. Sheldon's classification of body types that measures the massiveness of the digestive viscera and the body's degree of roundness and softness. I have some roundness and softness in my belly. Um, I do remember coming across one of these similar words. I don't remember which one it was. It must have been at the beginning of the E's. Something morphic uh, would it have been. Mm, I'm trying to think. Because I think I put a link in the show notes for this. It's this idea that like human bodies are divided up into cl- three classifications of... Uh, I guess fat, round, soft would be one. Um, maybe sort of normal in the middle would be another, and then maybe like skinny or or built. I don't know. There's like three different kinds, and I don't think that they really have much scientific basis. So I we got to be clear about that. You, I think you can change. It's not like you're born with one and you're stuck with that forever. You you can do things to change your body type. Eating right and exercising, not eating right and exercising. Your body's going to change throughout your life depending on what you do. Um, And so just one of them is endomorphic from W.H. Sheldon. Uh, Yeah, classification of body types, the massiveness of the digestive viscera. Is that like the, 
is that saying how big your digestive pieces are, your intestines and your stomach? Or are you literally talking about the stomach area that you can see? I don't know. Again, I don't think there's much scientific basis in this. Roundness and softness. The body's degree of roundness and softness. Okay. Okay, what else? Number two, having a heavy rounded body build, often with a marked tendency to become fat. And I think that's kind of the thing that this uh, this WH was talking about was they, they were saying that maybe because of the way your body is, you have a tendency to be that way, which maybe there's something about that, but you can control it, I think, right? You can control a lot of it. You gotta you gotta make some choices. You gotta do a lot of work maybe to change it. You're not stuck. I don't think you're stuck with what you got. Um so endomorphic, yeah, endo endomorphy endomorphy that is a noun and um this this etymology let's see it is from the endo plus the the endo from endoderm i mean which we know the endo is just the inside endoderm by the way is um ah yes that was the the uh the innermost a uh, section of maybe a, a, a fetus, a, uh, an embryo um, that becomes the digestive tract and the lower respiratory area. And so that's probably why he's using endo there from endoderm. That's where he took it from. I assume it's a he. I think W.H. Sheldon is a he. And it is also from the suffix morphic, which is from the predominance in such types of structures developed from the endoderm. So that's what he's saying. It's the these structures, these body structures come from the endoderm. And that's what he thought. This was 1940. 1940. We're quite a ways from 1940. We've learned a lot. All right. Next is endomorphism. Probably related. Noun from 1909. A homomorphism that maps a mathematical set into itself. And it's not related at all to bodies. Nope, I was totally wrong. Uh, it says compared to isomorphism, which is probably the opposite in some way. Uh, and homomorphism just means it's uh, the same. Homo means same. So it maps a mathematical set into itself. That's why it's endo. And that's why I guess it's the same, because it's the same thing. It's into itself. Mathematical set, I have no idea what this is talking about. Endonuclease is next, or endonuclease. You can say a Z or an S sound there. Noun from 1962. An enzyme that breaks down a nucleotide chain into two or more shorter chains by cleaving the internal covalent bonds linking nucleotides and compared to exonuclease. That, that makes sense. Um, something about nucleotides chain, enzyme that breaks down, so this enzyme breaks down these nucleotide chains into two or more shorter chains, right? You split it in half or somewhere you got two, you split it again, you got three, etc., etc. Uh, and it cleaves the internal covalent bonds that are linking the nucleotides. So this enzyme is like, I see those covalent bonds on the inside. I'm going to break them. I'm going to break that chain. 
because I can and I will and I want to. And endonuclease is all on the inside. This is the episode about inside stuff. I guess the last one was too, and the uh, next episode might be, and the next couple of episodes might be all about the inside. Uh, okay. Next is endonucleolytic. Endonucleolytic. Adjective from 1967. Cleaving a nucleotide chain into two parts at an internal point. Um, so let's see. The previous word was the noun, the thing that's doing this breaking. And this one is the adjective. We got an example here. Endonucleolytic nicks. N-I-C-K-S. So is that like a nick, like a, when you nick yourself shaving? Uh, you got it's a little cut. And I don't know why, what, why they're using the word nick in this very scientific situation. But, uh, but yeah, it's about uh, breaking up a nucleotide chain into uh, shorter pieces. Endonucleolytic. Next is the last word. Oh, yay. We've got endoparasite. E-N-D-O-P-A-R-A-S-I-T-E. Endoparasite. I mean, I think we know where this is going, don't we? This is something that we don't want to think about. We don't want to know about. We want to stay as far away from these little buggers as possible. A parasite that's on the inside. I could... I think I could deal with a parasite on the outside. You remove it or something and it's going to suck and it's going to hurt. But on the inside, on the inside of me where I can't see it and then they get it out and then I'm like, that was on the inside of me? No. No, 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 no. What is an endoparasite? It is a noun from circa 1882. A parasite that lives in the internal organs or tissues of its host. Endoparasitic is an adjective, and endoparasitism, or endoparasitism, that is a noun. I'm done. I'm done with that. No. Let's reread the words and pick a word of the episode, and I will definitely not be picking endoparasite as the word of the episode. But people are fascinated by this, and they study it, and they gotta, you gotta know about it. Okay, today we had endogamy, endogenic, uh, let's see, that's about something growing on the planet or the moon. Uh, endogenous, endolithic, it's about the stones, the th- uh, uh, lichens going in the stones. Endolymph, uh, this is the watery fluid in the ear. Uh, endometriosis, the, uh, the, the uterus tissue problem. Endometritis, still related to that. Endometrium, endomitosis, endomixis endomorph, endomorphic, endomorphism, endonuclease, endonucleolytic, and endoparasite. Well, I think I just want to pick endolymph as the word of the episode because that's the uh, the watery fluid in the membranous labyrinth of the ear. What's living in the membranous labyrinth of my ear? It's endolymph, endolymph. The endolymph is swishing and swashing and splishing and splashing in my membranous labyrinth in my ear. Bad song. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, oh, boy. You know what? I'm going to talk about another movie I watched because that's just all I want to do. I'm going to do that. Uh, Let's see. Pig. Pig, 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 pig. 
I just posted this one on social media and, and somebody was like, this is one of my favorite movies. And they, I guess they filmed it out where, where they live. And, uh, and, uh, oh, it's, it's, it's a good one. Okay. I, as usual, I don't want, I don't want, uh, I want people to know as little as possible when they go to see a movie. That's how I like to live. I don't like to give you too much. I don't like to sway your expectations because I think your enjoyment of a movie is heavily based on your expectations. I could talk more about that another time. Um, all I knew is that it had been described as uh, sort of like a John Wick movie where somebody loses his pig and he's trying to get his pig. And that's all you need to know. But... I was a little confused because I, when I heard John Wick, I started thinking like, oh, it's high action and stuff. It's not. It's not that. But it's a guy looking for his pig and it's Nicolas Cage. And that is literally all you need to know. Highly recommend. It's good stuff. But my, by me saying it's good stuff makes you think it's gonna, you're going to raise your expectations. So just, just have no expectations. No expectations. Okay. That's the end of the episode. Thank you very much for listening, and until next time, this is Spencer dispensing information, and you are hearing this through your endolymph. Goodbye. Hello, my name is Michael Hunter. My buddy, David Spencer, and I have a new podcast all about one of our favorite internet sites growing up, HomestarRunner.com. You know, the guys that did... Looks like we're gonna have to jump! I said, come on, we're going through every Flash cartoon on the site in release order. I've seen all of them, David has seen most of them, and David's wife Alexa pops in and watches them for the first time, just for the show. Come on, Fahooglapods, a Homestar Runner podcast, available wherever podcasts are sold, and at pipedreampodcast.com.